Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Well, hello, everyone. Chuck Bono, Julie Hayden here on a Monday. Chuck and Julie Show brought to you by AmericaCitizenPress.com and Denver Cynogenics, Dr. Julie McCallan, bringing you, as always, the truth straight up. What's of that necessary these days. <laughs> you don't get much. <laughs> no, no. That, and, you know, that's one of the things we'd like to do is just say, hey, look, here's how we see it. You may agree with us. You may disagree with us. Um, but it's like, hey, look, this is what's really going on. There's so much spin anymore being put on everything. Um, at 3.30, we're going to talk to John Conlon. He's a great writer um, based here in Colorado, has a new column up in AM Greatness, essentially saying, you know, are we squandering everything America has worked for, everything that's made it, made this country great? Are we squandering it all right now, like rich kids whose parents, you know, who don't appreciate the hard work their parents put in? And he notes just how, you know, critical race theory aside, just how awful kids are performing as they're coming out of the public school education. So we'll be talking to him about that. But in the interest of two straight up, two big stories going on today um, that essentially it's it's all like spin and it's the mainstream media lying, lying, lying. Um, George Stephanopoulos, who is a, a Clintonista, basically, right? Worked with the Clinton um, administration. Um, oh, he was a press secretary for a while. He helped run the campaign. Yeah, he, I mean, deeply involved. It works for ABC News, which d- don't even get me started on the conflict of interest there. Did an interview, which is airing on Hulu, um, with Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele is the infamous author, and I use the term loosely, of the so-called Trump P dossier. Um, and you oh, know, the dossier. The, the, the dossier, exactly, yeah. that had all kinds of claims in it. So you got to ask yourself, why in the report, it's interesting, and, and I haven't seen the entire Hulu documentary, but I've seen the ABC snippets. In the report, ABC acknowledges that everyone from, oh, Robert Mueller to congressional campaigns, I mean, everybody acknowledges that the Steele dossier was just a bunch of garbage that Steele made up at the behest of people in the Clinton campaign. No, or people not, working for not, the Clinton. That's, well, that's a short version. I mean, he's former member of MI6, and so he has a nice British accent. Um, but basically what he did is they paid him a quarter million dollars. They he, being people trying to boost the Hillary Clinton Perkins campaign. Coy, Perkins Coy, basically, right. and others. And he said, great. So he went over and talked to his friend Igor Dachenko, who's with the Russian-American uh, Chamber of Commerce. And he gave him, you know, various uh, rumors. Um, and then he went over to Ole Kazaska who is a billionaire, who he actually still actually worked for, and he told him about the P tapes, and then he put them all in. The the trouble is, I mean, I mean and, and then even even George Stephanopoulos kind of goes, well, there's no proof that Michael Cohen was in Prague. I don't know if he was. He may have been. Uh, how, how do I know it's not true? Um, what's really so amazing about it is when it came out, I read this steel dossier. Yeah, you said this back then. You're uh, like, this is this garbage. It reads <laughs> like garbage. It reads like somebody who was talking to somebody, somebody said, Hey, you want to hear a rumor? You go, Okay, you know, Hillary Clinton uh, slept with two dogs. I'm okay, there it is. Oh, there we go. That's and, uh, and Russia's uh, bribing her. Uh, well, and the- I mean, it, it was 
that the FBI gave it any credibility. Well, they, they, gave didn't. It, they didn't give it credibility. Well, they, they did give it enough credibility to not arrest him right then and say, you know, lying to the FBI. But it was yes. all part of the main conspiracy, right? And I mean, protecting the deep state, Christopher Steele was neck deep in it. The question that I wanted to talk to about Truth Straight Up is, why is ABC airing this? And why are they airing this in Hulu? And why are they airing this now? If you're a journalist, and I did this for 40 years, and, and let's say I'm interviewing Chuck. And there's absolute proof that Chuck robbed the bank. Everybody knows Chuck robbed the bank. We have videotape of Chuck robbing the bank. The jury convicted him. It's a done deal. And then I interviewed Chuck and Chuck says, no, I didn't rob the bank. And then proceeds to report all the things that I already know are lies. And I just go, huh? I mean, you have in the olden days an ethical obligation to not put something that you know is directly a lie on. Now, granted, you're going to say, well, Julie, you're crazy. They've been, they know the Russia hoax thing was a lie from the beginning and they've been reporting that. I know, I no, but the question is why now? And here's what my theory is. I What's think that the Durham, a couple of things, the Durham report is kind of coming out and it's, it's indicting. Well, all right, there are Durham actions occurring. Let's put it that way. There is no report. I agree with you there. And and it's made and it's tying people back to the Clinton campaign. I think it is no accident that George Stephanopoulos with his Clinton connections is the one who's doing the interview, right? This is clearly, I think, on one hand, damage control. And another hand, in one of the final pieces of the interview, George Stephanopoulos says, so what you're saying, Christopher, after we've already talked about all of this stuff that is, that's a lie, what you're saying is that as long as Trump is around as a political active player, he's a threat to national security. Yeah, and Christopher right. still goes, yes. Oh, now, that just outlined this. So we had Jen Psaki today who was asked about the Chinese having this super duper rocket that could attack us at any moment we can't see, right? And what is her response to that when she's like, hey, is the Biden administration worried about this at all? This Chinese advancement so far ahead of us? And she goes, we welcome the competition. Welcome. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that's like in World War Two. Did they we say, welcome their welcome. nuclear? Yeah, we welcome the competition. Braun gets to the nuclear bomb before we do. Uh, yeah, I mean, we welcome the competition. Yeah, I mean, then you throw in the border. What's going on at the border? We you welcome the competition down there, too. Afghanistan. And it's like, and Trump is the greatest threat to national well, security. I, you know, well, I, I assume this is part of a larger strategy somewhere in there um to to prevent too many people from getting indicted somehow i'm not sure what what actually would be well nelly or bruce or who gave well, the, sure. the fake cone so let me, look, we've got some sound we're going to play from this so to set up this this the first sound bite we're going to use where so what happened was the um NSA was allowing private contractors to, and this is fact, this is known, this judges have ruled on this, et cetera, was to access its supposed to be secret database and spy on whoever the heck they wanted to spy on. So Nellie Orr, who was Bruce Orr in the Department of Justice's wife, she's working for Fusion GPS as apparently- He's working with Perkins Coy. He's working with- Right, he's working with the Clintons, right. Who is allowed access and apparently finds a Michael Cohen in Prague doing something bad, they theorize with the well, Russians. Not bad, but, well, he, no. but he was there and therefore they could tie whoever the reason he was there could say, well, you they could tie it to Trump. Yeah, yeah. Trouble is it wasn't the right Michael Cohen, right, the real right. Michael Cohen, who was bad enough. He hates Trump, right? Well, he has no reason to stand up for Trump, was never in Prague. So if we could play but 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 bizarrely, um Steele sticks to his story and ABC lets him. If we could play the Steele number one soundbite, please, TJ. 
said to ABC News, I eagerly await Steele's next secret dossier, which proves the existence of Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, and that Elvis is still alive. Do you think it hurts your credibility at all that you won't accept the findings of the FBI in this particular case? I'm prepared to accept that not everything in the dossier is 100% accurate. I have yet to be convinced that that is one of them. So, yeah, Michael, Michael Cohen was in Prague. He says, I'm convinced that Michael. Now, he's doing cover there, I think, for Nellie Orr, right? Because I don't think he's covering her. You don't think? I don't think he's. You don't? He just just enjoys, you know, just lying straight based on camera because, you know, uh, I've yet to be proven. Well, there's probably there isn't any proof, right? Because it didn't happen. I mean, what he's he's doing, guys, and again, truth straight up, the proof is that Michael Cohen was not in Prague. There is plenty of proof that he was not in Prague. Including his passport and everything else, but he doesn't care, you know, because there's no amount of proof that'll be good for Michael Steele. So where the P dossier has anything other than, than than BS about it doesn't matter. He said, well, it hasn't been proved to me to the contrary. Well, who, who, who is trying to prove them to the contrary? I mean, it's been proven to not be true. And here's the soundbite on that. If we could play the, the steel number two soundbite, please. So you stand by the dossier. I stand by the work we did, the sources that we had and the professionalism which we applied to it. Bearing in mind that this was raw intelligence. Raw intelligence in the sense that what we what we sent over was was the initial findings. Raw intelligence is just that. It's like throwing a lot of stuff against the wall. All the talk about this alleged tape, I bet you've heard about it. Virtually no evidence came forward in public to corroborate it. It would be quite the tape if it became public. But it's now five years later. And we haven't seen a trace of it. And today, do you still believe that that tape exists? I think it probably does, but I wouldn't put 100% certainty on it. <laughs> so again, why is ABC, they have their own people out there and they interview all these other people who say, yeah, it's not true. No, we know it's not true. ABC is like, yeah, we don't think it's true. So ask yourself, why then are they putting this guy who's known to be a liar on TV? And I go back, they have been putting lies on for the past four years, things they know are lies. And I think they just want to get this out there. And again, and the final question, rather than saying, Christopher Steele, don't you think you should go to jail for lying to the FBI? They say, so you think Trump is still a threat? Yeah, this wrong. is all a lie. It's all a lie. And he says, yes, Trump is still a threat to national security. <laughs> I mean, it's, and the, the thing is, is that they just don't stop, right? Well, they, but it's an embarrassment to George Stephanopoulos, not that, that he can be embarrassed, but it's an embarrassment to ABC News, it's an embarrassment to Hulu, it's, a, it's an embarrassment to the mainstream media, it's an embarrassment to the Democratic Party, but they're so far gone they don't care. Um, no, and so and- you know. And this is from Sandra, 2015 Stephanopoulos deception all over again. Absolutely. And Dr. Donna, pure political speak there. It is. And and again, if there is any doubt, which there shouldn't be anymore, that some of these corporate media are just simply arms of the big tech, of the Democrat Party, of this progressive agenda of rebuild, but build, even, that even, better. Even it's then, they, they ought to do a better job of lying. I have to say the Democratic Party used to do a better job of lying. Uh, they used to be able to con people like yourself into saying that oh, they care about the little person and they're they're there for the average American, you know, when they're <laughs> they're not for anything but a few insiders um, and billionaires. I mean, it's it's they're not very good at it, and and so 
bringing George Stephanopoulos and all these things in is, isn't going to save them. I, mean, I don't save them from what, but, but it isn't, you know, they have no credibility. You, you don't look at George Stephanopoulos and just go, you're a joke. Well, I, yeah. I, and there's something because it, I think the, the field of people who care what Christopher has to, Christopher Steele has to say anymore is pretty small. And I think most of it are probably people like us, conservatives, people who follow the story, who know that he's lying. So I, again, I just want to bring it to your attention and say, and I just think something is up. There's something going on behind the scenes. This, the conservative treehouse found out the actual steel dossier, which you read, right. right. And said, it's a joke. You can't find it online anymore. It's been scrubbed <laughs> from, well, you can, if you look hard, but it's, there's a, a, a website called yeah, Scriven that basically posts a lot of these kind of documents right. and most news organizations just link to it anymore. And according to the conservative treehouse, the steel dossier has been scrubbed. So I just wonder if this is part of a whole new twist. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, again, as they worry about Trump gearing up, you know, he you got Joe Sackey saying, oh, yeah, that Chinese weapon thing. We welcome the competition. We welcome the slaughtering the butchery of Americans. <laughs> yeah. It's just healthy. Make room for the new Americans. Yeah. We're bringing in. It's like in John, Donald Trump is the greatest threat to our national security. Give me a break. But lies. Here's another one today. Um, This is interesting. So um, over the Biden Justice Department's strenuous objections, the judge today had them release. This is going back to the January 6th. Um, in, I don't know what you even want to call it. People at the Capitol. Yeah, yeah, it was not an insurrection. And it was Incident. a videotape will show. They had some like literally it was like 1400 hours of compilations of surveillance cameras all over. The Department of Justice didn't want anyone to see this. And when we play it for you here, you're going to understand why they didn't want anyone to see it. So what you're going to see, and we'll play the video and I'll kind of narrate over it for the people who are just listening because there isn't any audio. But once again, it shows that the mainstream media, the Democrats lied about what was going on at the state Capitol. They continue to report and the Biden administration continues to say people died as a result of it. The only person who died was as a result of it was Ashley Babbitt, who was shot unarmed. She was completely unarmed by a Capitol Hill police officer, right, who they decided, oh, he didn't do anything wrong. That's the only person who died. Even the New York Times has been forced to acknowledge in articles that most of the so-called insurrectionists were FBI informants um, who said our good friend Peter Boyles. Absolutely. Although he hates the FBI and accuses them of everything in the world. No, no, they wouldn't have done that because why? I mean, why wouldn't they have done the that? The court documents, again, the court documents clearly show that they've been forced to say, as you know, and they're dropping all the charges against those people, some of whom are still being held in jail, by the way. That kid who shot people at the school, no, he's right? He's out on bond, bond right? God. He's out on bond. But these guys who were at the Capitol, uh, basically, you know, and we saw the people, the, the green protests last week trying to storm the interior department. That's okay. Uh, but the people of the Capitol, nope, they're still in jail. Um, but as court, as a court case proceeds, and thank God for these people who rather than just pleading guilty mm-hmm. are sticking up and saying, I'm yeah. not going to plead guilty. Some of the facts are coming out. And even some of the corporate media people have been forced to acknowledge, in spite of what Peter Boyles does or doesn't believe, that yeah, a lot of these people were, were FBI informants. The FBI was in contact with them. The FBI they testified. Yeah, they pushed it along. They knew there was no strategy. There was no organization. There so was no planning. No conspiracy. So there's no conspiracy. Other than the FBI itself. Yeah, the, the FBI conspiring. All right, yeah, let's yeah. see this film, these right, awful so insurrectionists. What you're going to see. Okay, now we'll have to narrate a little bit. Thomas, if we could play the no breach video, please. 
So what you're seeing here, this is the Upper West Terrace interior. What you're going to see here, these are two Capitol Hill police guys opening the doors. Okay, they're opening the doors. You see some of the people milling around in the background going in. BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed calls them rioters. It's just... They don't look like they're rioting. No one's trying to stop Come on them. in. Go ahead this way. Thank you. Now the Capitol Hill police officer opens the door Whoa. and lets a bunch of people go through the door. Doesn't try to stop them. Oh. They're kind of waving at him saying, okay, These okay. insurrectionists. <laughs> yeah, well, again, BuzzFeed called them the rioters. Yeah. These people aren't rioting. They're just wandering around Capitol Hill police doing nothing. Okay, they're just kind of milling can't around now. Trying to argue, I'm sure the Department of Justice has no shame, but kind of like, oh no, we can't let these out. Yeah, these are way too dangerous. So he goes up and he thanks the guy right there, yeah. the, the, the rioter, so to speak, put, pats the Capitol Hill cop saying thank you. Okay, now this guy with the flag, what's going to happen is he's going to talk to the Capitol Hill police guy, and he's saying, okay, then watch. He says, okay, and he motions to his guys, and now he starts seeing a parade of people start going through the doors that the Capitol Hill police officer is still holding open. There's no rioting. There's no discussion. There's, no, there's the other Capitol Hill police officer. There's two cops standing there. Okay. Now we see people just start streaming hi. in. Hey, everybody. Hi. There's, there's no rioting. There's no breaking. The cops are just standing there. Meanwhile, you see the people walking up and down the stairs in the background. This is awful. This is the worst thing since the Civil War. You know, and, and again. Pearl Harbor. Yeah, yeah worst thing God, since Pearl Harbor. That's shocking. And that's shocking. That, that level of violence and death and destruction. Now, one of the, one of the uh, congressional investigators who saw the original videotape, saw the whole thing, said in that, through that one door, what you just saw, some 300 people all entered. They all entered patting the Capitol Hill police in the back saying, hey, thanks. Capitol Hill police saying, hey, come on in. I mean, there is no, I don't know how, you're the lawyer, Chuck. How on earth can you call that trespassing? Well, it's whatever a court wants well, to Well, I understand. But if you were a defense attorney, I mean, if I- Well, opened- assuming you had a decent judge and there are none in D.C. And assuming you had a fair jury, which you will not get, and, and everything else, I suppose it's almost impossible to call them riot or insurrectionists or, or anything else. But, but, you know, that's why they get to keep them in jail for 10 months, because- that level of violence, you don't want to let that those people out. <laughs> well, yeah. and again, and the people who then say, you know, who who try to trap Republicans into saying, oh, it was an insurrection, it was an insurrection, and thank God for the Republicans are saying, I'm not going to say it's an insurrection, it wasn't an insurrection. This videotape, all of the evidence coming out, once again, is proving that the main street, that number one, the Department of Justice, the Biden administration, Democrats, the corporate media, all have been lying from the very beginning about January 6th. I can just see the arguments. No, this is critical information. We must reserve for the trial. We can't have the public looking at, at this innocence. Um, oh, yeah. It's like, and, and then Dr. Donna says, the guests walk between the roped off areas for pedestrians um, and define insurrection. Here, here's the thing. It, this is this was just people. If I open my door, if there are a bunch of people standing outside my house and they want to come in and I open my door and I say, oh, yeah, come on in. And they say, thanks. And I go, no problem. And they all come in my house. That's not an insurrection. That's not that's oh, not a is. riot. And again, you can see and we've seen those in the other tapes. The majority of people in there were just milling around. They've got that crazy guy with a Viking mm-hmm. horns who was not a Trump supporter. He was a Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter Antifa protest in other states before then. 
You've got FBI informants. I think as more facts come out, it's going to come out that some of the people who were committing some of the breaking of windows, because there was some of that. You could, there's other videotapes that show that. Well, yeah, that's the FBI or FBI or Antifa people just trying to make the Trump people look bad. Um, And again, you can see why they didn't want to have that out. But that is yet another example of another lie. Um, and that, that they know it's a lie. And again, the BuzzFeed article continues, it, it says, it's describing it and it says, the rioters continue to stream into the Capitol. It's like, you know, what are they? What are, shameless. No, they are shameless. They are shameless. Um, here's another lie, another lie. Okay, we're going to go to lies before John Conlon. So this just happened this afternoon. The, there is a, a new... You guys know that federal employees have a union, right? It's an employee union. And the federal employee union bulletin today came out that said federal employees can be compensated for any injuries they receive as a result of the COVID vaccine, the mandated COVID vaccine. So you're a lawyer and you've said all along that that's one of the bigger sticking points of this Mm -hmm. vaccine Mm -hmm. mandate. Talk about that a little bit. Well, they can be, they can be compensated by who? I assume the federal government, not the, manufacturers of the vaccines and there really there are a significant number of, of injuries and deaths and everything else so they can sue i suppose the federal government and get the money from the taxpayers just as long as big pharma and johnson and johnson and everybody else doesn't have to pay any money everyone's happy well and again here's the federal government oh it's safe vaccines safe 100 safe 100 effective 100 safe this is an acknowledgement right, that there are going to be injuries. And this is an acknowledgement that the Federal Employees Union knew that there were injuries and wanted to be sure that they could take some action on, on behalf of the, their union members about the whole thing. How does that trickle down for private employers? I mean, I would imagine that's got to have a pretty significant. It's one thing if you've got the taxpayers paying to compensate, but if you're a private company that can be sued. Well, I don't know. You can see it'll be years of litigation and you have to show that whatever injuries did come from the the uh, vaccine, which may be difficult. I don't know how the cause and effect of it. And then they'd have immunity or maybe implied immunity, but it's just all a con. It's just everything the federal government does these days is a con. Everything that Jan Saki does is a con. I mean, you, 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 you're out of your outrage that these, these crooked, amoral degenerates care about anything. I mean, you, they just don't. They just don't. And how you can back them, how you can say, oh, yeah, these are my people. Um, Yeah. Um, Sandra is saying, agree with you, Chuck. (laughs) Yeah. Even though they don't. Well, and that's true, Sandra, even though they don't need to follow the mask mandate. um, That's another thing, too, is, uh, you know, we saw the pictures of Joe Biden and Jill Biden this weekend, um, even though there's a mask mandate for indoors at a restaurant in um, Georgetown, the Washington, D.C. area. They were inside the restaurant, not wearing masks. But here's a question I have to you, and if people want to weigh in on this too, and we've got some time, 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008. So by now we know, I mean, you can't even keep track of, of the levels of hypocrisy, the Obama party, right? Um, the um, Met Gala, right? Award Trans- ceremonies that go, I mean, you know, mayor. French laundry, restaurant, the, you know, it just goes on. Hickenlooper or in Hancock leaving the state while texting in to tell everybody they can't leave. They the can't city. travel. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the hypocrisy goes on and on and on. Um, and here it goes back to what you said, Chuck. And I, I'm wondering about, you know, again, truth straight up, the underlying reason why the Democrats, I think at this point, know, and the, the media elite know um, that we see their hypocrisy now. And yet they don't care. 
And, and my question is, why do they not care? Do they just think people are so stupid? Are they going to go along with them enough? No, they'll or? just rig anything. They'll just rig whatever they need. They'll get Zuckerberg, give another half billion dollars to, to uh, politicize all of the uh, election facilities. I mean, they, they, they believe in not, They never have. I mean, you know, you're always part of a corrupt, amoral group of people, Julie, in the, <laughs> Democrat, in the Democratic Party. <laughs> Always you know, I'm going to argue a little. Well, maybe no, I, I think there was no, a time no, when they wasn't. weren't. Well, they when they weren't when? as. Let me put this that when they weren't as bad as they are now. I they think. weren't. They were better at lying back well, then. Right. But that's about it. <laughs> Well, well, why do you think, I mean, that is my great fear, I'll be honest there, that the reason they have dropped the pretense even of caring, you know, like I said, the Jen Psaki would get out there and talk about where everybody else is saying this whole Chinese missile thing is pretty concerning, apparently, because it's technology that apparently the Americans, we don't know how to counter yet. Mm -hmm. And her response is we welcome the competition. It's like, as long as they have a very diverse board on their missile, I mean, you know, I mean, it's- it's got some Ugers. Yeah, the <laughs> there's the slaves and everything, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, it that they they have dropped. It seems to me all pretense of that they that they care for anyone at all except for their own power and elite. And my concern is, like you said, that the reason they're doing that is because they believe um, like that they're that they're anything. bulletproof, mm-hmm. that they're rigged. I'm reading the Molly Hemingway book Rigged, um, which is actually really interesting. We'll be doing some segments on that. You kind of outlines. Yeah, we, yeah, we, she does some segments where she, uh, the book is about the various things that the Democrats did in 2016. I mean, her whole premise, which is true, actually, is that the whole thing was over by Election Day, right? Yes, she's, yes, she's like, it was done. The rigging right, had right, been done. It right. just all came to fruition then. Yes. And it's pretty interesting when you look at the things that they did. And again, how anyone could read this and say, that's not rigged. Is you know, and I mean, they just fought harder, trained longer, uh, did more bag work. Um, I think that, yeah, the Republicans have to wake up. Every Republican county chair, well, let me tell you, they, they will not wake up. I, I, I decided to, to draw my editorial this month or our, our editorial for the newspaper, and, for the newspaper, and I was saying one of two things one, that you know, um, uh. Two weeks to flatten the curve, uh, and now a year and a half later, what if we've done nothing um, and we have a much more prosperous, happy country? Or the other one is how the Republicans have sold out in Colorado all the time. This LEAP initiative, supported by the chairman of the Republican Party, supported by the last Republican and only living governor, um, supported by Hank Brown, supported by George Brockler, and it's just another sellout. It's an absolute sellout to Democrats. So vote no on Prop 119, by no, the way. No, don't bother. It's, it's no, Chuck, stop it. Chuck's in a bad place. Chuck, you're not going to be able to talk. We're not gonna, everyone can't listen to Chuck today. Um, no, you have to bother to uh, vote. I mean, if you don't bother well, to vote. <laughs> well, it doesn't, you know, you've seen advertisements on 119 with a very old-looking Federico Pena who's had a lot of work done. Yeah. Um, and then you saw early one of conservatives. You've seen one advertisement against. Well, who's going to bid? No, it's a grassroots. But I mean, you still have to vote and vote no one. What this is, and we'll, then we we'll get John Connell on the line. It's a it's an initiative that would they they one hundred and fifty million up to half billion dollars slush fund Republicans every day out of marijuana money. I mean, it's just it's just. And they're going to use it to create a board that will well, appointed, appointed by appointed by, 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 by polis and then reappointed by themselves. 
And and they'll just they'll just they'll have well, all and what they the, the, what they're selling it on is that they're going to let it's to help kids outside of the normal school day. Yeah, but what yeah, it does yeah. is it's not going to be vouchers to parents. Okay, people no. are confused about that. What it's going to be is the board will pick which groups get it gives the money to, and then it'll send your kid if you want to to those groups. Now, granted, the groups are going to get the money. I think regardless of how many kids are there, right? The tax is going to come in, so these groups are going to get the money, and it's, it's just a front for just critical fraud race theory and equity. Fraud. Right. and everything else, but the Republicans, I mean, Hank Brown, isn't Hank great? Owens, isn't he great? You know, yeah, well, there's a reason, right? Bill Owens, that you're the last living Republican governor, okay? Yeah. And if Republicans don't wake up, I mean, you know, it'll be, they'll be one day, they'll be sitting around the fireplace, grandparents, tell, great-grandparents telling their kids, once upon a time, there was a Republican dem- governor. They're like, no, you're kidding me. Was that in the dinosaur age? <laughs> kind of. It was sort of like that, you know, it's just... It's just ridiculous. Um, and TJ, um, um, if you want to go ahead and give John a call now, that would be, we're about a minute early, but that would be okay. Um, and we'll talk to him about his column. Then the other thing too I want to talk about later is um, speaking of the whole COVID mess is um, Colin Powell died at 84. Now his family says, and I'd be curious to see exactly what his family says, right? Or what the PR company says that he died of complications from COVID. Well, he died, as I understand, he had Parkinson's disease and he had blood cancer. So my guess would be he died more as a result of complications from Parkinson's and blood cancer than he did from COVID. But maybe he had COVID. And when you have cancer, which, and, which is amazing because he took all the shots, so he should have been all set for it, you know. I mean, well, but the mainstream media is all posing this as so. This means all of you guys better get go out, your get your booster shot. So it's like, wait a minute. So I should get a booster shot to boost my immunity from a vaccine that isn't a vaccine; it's a gene therapy that apparently did not give me immunity in the first place. After a matter of a few months, it's like. And you notice, again, they bury any and all studies and any and all information about what about the people who have natural immunity? What about that? Right. If Colin Powell had had COVID, I mean, you don't want to go there. This is great from Dr. Dona. What is enrichment opportunity? (laughs) Inadvertently, I mean, they're talking about enrichment of education, but they really mean. For themselves. For themselves it's an enrichment, enrichment opportunity. opportunity for them. Dr. Don, we got to get ourselves in on some enrichment opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And I also agree with your comment. Most correct that, that Colin Powell died with COVID rather than from it. Absolutely. Okay. We've got John Conlon on the line with us. Um, John is a local commentator, author, has a great new um, column up in American Greatness Lost in Space. Hey, John, thank you once again for your time this afternoon. Appreciate it. Hi, Chuck and Julie. Thanks for having me. You bet. So I love the beginning of your column because I'm a Star Trek fan, longtime Star Trek fan myself. And as you were saying, I'm sitting here watching a missile or rocket launch into space with James T. Kirk on it. Um, and, and you're like, and this is amazing. So why don't you sort of talk about your column and the whole, the whole thoughts behind it? It was just kind of a flow of the moment uh, commentary. I was, I was sitting at my kitchen table and had the TV on and was kind of watching the, what is it, Blue Horizon liftoff with William Shatner, uh, Captain Kirk on it. Um, just kind of enjoying that and, <clears throat> you know, watching the amazing engineering that goes into that, private enterprise driving them up, the landing when the, when the booster rocket lands itself. I mean, that's a massive piece of equipment plummeting to Earth and it lands itself. It's just so amazing. And I look at my computer and my laptop and say, 
<clears throat> these things had the power of a supercomputer had only a few decades ago. And you look at just all the wonders of modern life and how wonderful our existence is, and there's reasons for that. <clears throat> but at the same time, half the population can't seem to tell a boy from a girl anymore and believes, you know, feeding six-year-old hormones to change their lives forever makes sense. And, you know, politicians championing <clears throat> economic and political beliefs that have never worked in the history of humanity. And that you look at our public school systems, which are a failure across the board. And it's just such a, such a dichotomy of, on one hand, the wonders that uh, modern science, modern thinking, whether it's tolerance, wealth, the most diverse society the world's ever seen on one hand. <clears throat> on the other hand, it's like, uh, well, the example I used in, in the article is it's like we've become spoiled rich children who we don't really know why we're rich and we don't really know where the wealth comes from. We just assume it's always been that way and it will always be that way. And uh, we make stupid choices in life. And it seems that's where a good chunk of our society has, has gone. And it's, it's just another wake-up call that, that you guys do on a regular basis of, my God, we can't continue with this. Yeah. Oh, we can. Well, yeah. Yeah, touch wow. up, Mr. Optimism. Yeah, good point. Oh, oh, oh we absolutely <laughs> can. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> not indefinitely, think, though. Well, no, things always indefin- work right up until the moment they don't work anymore, though. So, <laughs> some, some, some well, of us, I think you guys would agree, is we don't want to go where that place is because it will be a very, very unpleasant uh, situation. Yeah. For oh, all. it won't be particularly more unpleasant. The, the one well, thing about human nature, the one thing about humans, is that they were not meant to be happy. They were not meant to be in. Uh, you know, <laughs> No, no, okay, let's check as you say, then then John will rebut him. No, 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 don't don't rebut me. (laughs) Don't rebut you. Uh, Everyone's voice is welcome, Chuck, especially Uh, your uh, (laughs) co-host. I mean, the human condition is one of misery. It's misery and sorrow. Life is is a bitch, and then you die. I mean, that is the nature of human beings. You should go, Chuck, go outside and look at this glorious day. I I I can lots of things. It it, It doesn't matter. Human beings are never satisfied. It's why we're we're the apex predator, Um, but it's also why we're always miserable. But it's also human beings are by their nature miserable. No, they're not. Uh, All right, Chuck. Most, most men live lives of quiet desperation. What do you think? But Chuck, you, you, you have to admit, Chuck, this is this is also the society that brings us let's go let's go Brandon. So right. there are positives out there. And well, if you're right, and it's tipping uh, of it's there are, one. But but all the wealth, all the science, all of everything will never results in human happiness okay. which is which is why the question which is never answered in modern times but but how then shall we live how then shall we live how does human happiness at, at the best result from and and almost never asked that you know why what would make people happiest well, it's usually the things we're trying to destroy, like families, like children, well, some, like, like like everything no, else. I get, okay, now I get to talk. No, and then John, no, yes, I do, yes, I do. Because I would say, no, Chuck, some of it is there are personalities involved. So you people, if anyone wants to send me 
you know, a, a sympathy card. You can't, no, I'm kidding. Um, so Chuck and I have these discussions all the time. I think that for most part, lives can also be not like quiet desperation, but joyful expectations. And, and there's, there's a mix of things that go on. And I think, John, what your column talks about is, is you sort of commingle these two theories, right? That we had all these joyful expectations and look what we created. And then, but you've got this sort of quiet desperation in the meantime, sort of doing what it can to trash it. And it's going to be which wins, I think. Well, I think the, we are in a struggle. It's but. always been there and it'll always be there. It's just the very nature of, of our existence. And one thing I've noticed in, in John's column, with, I agreed with, which is saying, you know, we're, we're on the edge of learning incredible things about our universe and nature. Except when you really look at it is we've never been farther away from understanding the nature of a universe. If, if the way we view our universe is increasingly seen as, as not how it is. What's more important, all that blank space out there or the planets? Well, modern science will tell you all that blank space because that's the field. So those little clumps of matter are unimportant. So we understand nothing. It's like Albert Einstein said, we picked up a shell on the seashore and think we understand the ocean. We understand very, very little, and we're just understanding more how very, very little we understand. But for that, for the, the happiness and the joyousness, Chuck, I think if you'd go back, let's go back 200 years, 300 years, and compare that time to today by almost any measure. Now, gra- granted, spoiled people can be jaded and unhappy, but uh, by almost any measure, uh, society, human existence is far, 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 far greater, uh, far more joyous. The... the, the the oh, just, knowledge I, 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 and, and the wealth that we have at our fingertips. And, and the, pro- the problem is that you guys rail against is we have a large segment of our population who believes that you can ignore reality and bad things won't happen. And, right. yes, bad, bad things will happen. Now, Chuck might think the bad things will be way over here. Julie and I might think, well, maybe not quite that bad. But we all agree that ignoring reality ends yes. poorly for us all. Well, do, do, yes. you, do you really think that, that someone growing up on a New England farm and living on the land and creating crops and, and having a happy family is somehow miserable compared to today's existence? I think, well, I, I believe that this. one out of four women died in childbirth and... Uh, I, you know, 75%. Well, well, okay, one in four children died in childbirth. Then, then you don't have to worry maybe about it anymore. Not, you're dead. Maybe. Uh, but they had children anyway. Maybe they had lots of children. Well, and now human misery is brought by the fact they have no children. They, they live their whole life barren and never have a child. Why is that more happy and glorious? Oh, and maybe I would say this, maybe happy is not. I would agree, because I'm the nice one, I would agree kind of with both of you. I think easier would certainly be better. I think by any stretch of the imagination, um, particularly, for instance, this is silly, but I've been living without a dishwasher now for two months. It's totally my own fault. I'm like, why do I not have a dishwasher? But I think bad not joke. Me. I know it's not Chuck. Chuck says, go buy a dishwasher. When I was a kid, I mean, I remember I was the oldest of five. So we had fa- we have seven members in our family. My mom was, stayed home and cooked. And we did not have a dishwasher for a long time. The dishwashers were me and my sister. And I got to tell you what, it was a happy day. I remember it when we got a dishwasher. It was that, certainly. That is not made for your life happiness. <laughs> Oh, it did. It did. You're the one okay. doing the dishwashing. <laughs> this, this, this one's for Chuck. How, how do you uh, turn a, a dishwasher into a snowblower? 
you you give her a shovel. <laughs> that would also be true at our that, house. That would also be true. This is here from Charlene. When the greedy get too evil and powerful, resist like uh, uh, how did Ryan to the evil have to support themselves instead instead of grifting. That's well. That's where we're headed, Charlene. I think. I think you're right. When the, the even even the Biden administration realizes it doesn't work today, you know they have all this talk about forgiving student debt, right? Well, as you can imagine, some of the banks and other people have been concerned about that. So oh, headline debt, headline in Politico is like Biden administration quietly thinking of how to reimpose, you know, the loan the student loan payments once they come in February, because sooner or later, you're right. I mean, the rich spoiled kids they're living off of somebody else, and as the money starts to go away. And I think you're absolutely right on this, John, that you're going to end up looking around going, whoa, wait a minute. You know, how so, do- so how do you recommend we change this dystopian future we appear to be heading for, John? Well, keep listening to people like uh, you and Julie. There you uh, go. I read that one. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> be keep, un- Understand that individual freedom, which demands limited government, is really the only long-term choice for a society or even a species that hopes to be long-lived. Um, and then I think that's, you know, vote, uh, fight the good fight. It would it'd be nice if uh, more Republicans actually believed in individual freedom and uh, limited government. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, and we, we get up and fight the fight. And, and I think, obviously, we have to fix the the public education system. And the only way to truly do that quickly and certainly is to bring true freedom to it. Give the, give the 15000 a year per child that's spent per kids to, to the parents and let them control where it's spent. And, and in a matter of a year or two, it will transform public education. You know, I think you're right. I think it would happen quickly. We're seeing already what happens when you have these school boards, which are largely just, you know, instruments of teachers' unions, um, where they, you know, they're, they're facing this backlash and like, how come everyone hates us now? And you've got parents, you know, when you've got school boards saying things like the parents shouldn't have a say, that kind of, the people who do still have kids take their kids seriously and they love them and they want a good future for them. And the vast majority of them are going to stand up. And, and I think you're right. If you let the parents pick their kids' education, I think for the most part, they would, they would, pick something that they sincerely felt was not good for PC correctness and not going to look good, you know, to their little, you know, soccer mom coffee clutch, but what would be the best for their children, I think, anyway. And some will pick poorly. Right, exactly. Let people make poor, poor choices. That, that generally is, is self-correcting. And, you know, so many of the cultural friction happens because you force somebody to do what they don't want to do. With freedom, you don't have that problem. If you want to send your kid to the, you know, gay, transgendered library hour, God bless you, go do it. Um, but other people might not choose to make that choice. Uh, and that gets rid of a lot of the cultural friction out there, too. You know what else I think is another thing that you hit on a little bit in your column, and that is, um, and it, this comes from another science fiction book that that I read. It's about dragons. I won't go into it all. But okay. what happens is, what happens is, as centuries and centuries go by, the dragons attack these planets, and they used to know how to protect the planet. But so many centuries went by, they didn't have any da- dragon attacks. People quit believing there were even going to be. It's Anne McCaffrey wrote them dragon attacks, and then all of a sudden, boom! The dragons start attacking again, and everybody's like, "Whoa! What do we do?" And 
and all of the people who knew how to protect the planet uh, have lost their skill. They've been ostracized. They've been ridiculed. They've been called conspiracy theorists, right? And no one knew how to do it anymore. And I think we have that happening. And I think in education... What, what, what do you think? Well, I mean, think about it. If we were to lose... I mean, do you even know what my actual phone number is? So, if, I mean, think yes. of that. If you... Okay, you may be... But if you... I, I, I couldn't call hardly anyone except for my daughter and Chuck, if I didn't have my cell phone, right? I don't know their actual phone number. I just have my phone that says Chuck or whatever, right? I mean, little things like that to let alone how to fix it if it breaks or, you know, if the electricity goes out or anything like that, that we have lost in this society. And I think this is just the elite folks, but the, the, any kind of respect and honor for the people who actually do things in this country, for the people who get stuff done, who build stuff, who know how to fix stuff, who understand, you know, like Rev was saying, well, how does the TV work? I'm like, well, little elves in there transmit <laughs> magical waves and they turn into video games. I mean, you know, I mean, it's about as close as I could get to how it works. And I think that's another thing that education, you know, they want to teach all these kids critical race theory, but they don't teach them how to fix anything or how to do anything, anything practical. You know what I mean? Oh, w- without a doubt, without a doubt. And, and going back to that spoiled rich society that we are, so many people have, like you said, have lost touch with the whole process of how things happen. You know, electricity to them comes out of the socket. You know, milk comes from the grocery store. Um, And and they don't understand all those things that go on. I have a a philosophy. That's one of the reasons so much of the country is red and only the large urban centers are blue is because when you live in a monster city, you don't really see... You know, the, the, the cause and effect, whereas if you live out where I come from, LaSalle, Colorado, you under, understand agriculture, at least to some degree, because it's happening around you. They're harvesting corn now. They're harvesting the right. potatoes. You know, they're, they're cutting the corn for the cattle feed. You, you see those things, and so you, under, you understand those things, whereas if you live in a city, like I said, it's magic. Electricity comes out of it just shows up, you know. That's the reason we right. have electrical cars and say there's zero emission. Right. And these are the people who really are not that inconvenienced when you can't go to work. And they're not that inconvenienced when everyone is locked down, right? They still- well, how many people over a 1,000 know how electricity works? Over a 1,000 years old? No. No, one in a thousand. Oh, one in a thousand. Do you have any idea how electricity works? Here? No, it's got no, something to do with you know circuits and yeah. magic elves. No. And, no. <laughs> Movement of electrons. Well, that's a circuit. <laughs> no, I know. And, and I guess that's my point is we need, I think that, and, and again, you look at, you know, when they say like the supply chain problem, it's a high class problem, right? Well, they forget that, that there are people who are needed to do all of those things. And Joe Biden would say, poof, ports are open 24-7, but that doesn't solve the problem. And the fact that you've got Pete Buttigieg thinking that it's more important to be on family paid leave than it is to fix everything for all the people who can't, um, you know, who, who need to buy. You're Christmas not attacking to Mayor Peter. I am. I am. Oh I my mean, God. It, but I mean, that you. sort of shows where the Democrats are. And, and I think, John, it gets to what you were saying. They're like spoiled rich kids. Don't know where it came from. Don't care where it came from. Um, and, and all they know is that they're better than everybody else. And, you know, and everybody should put their mask yeah, on. Do- do what I say, and the world would be a better place, is what, what they think. And, you know, Bernie Sanders has no idea how to create wealth. He's never had a, a real job in his life. AOC, 
good God, she has a degree in economics, but that's just frightening on so many levels. But, you know, these people, they throw around a trillion dollars. They have no idea what the number a trillion is. It's just a number. It's just, it just you know. Well, I, I love Yarmouth, who's now retiring, but he's head of the budget committee. He said, we're the federal government. We can afford whatever we want. If it's $4 billion, $4 billion is 44 quadrillion, 44. We just print it, you know. And, right. And then someday. <laughs> it's just, that's easy. It, grow, it does well, indeed grow on and trees. It has been working, you know. Well, and, yeah, like and, you and then it's just like those rich kids when all of a sudden the, the shit hits the fan and they don't know what to do. It's the same thing there. It's like, oh, my gosh. You mean uh, you can't just keep printing money? And then, they, uh, you know, there are adults somewhere in the room, hopefully, that do understand all these things. But, of course, uh, you know, power and wealth. The smartest man in the world, Hunter Biden. Yeah. Well, that goes back to, like you said, this ignoring of of reality, right? Ignoring that little boys, um, for the most part, are different in many ways than little girls. That's, in fact, what makes the whole thing keep working, right? And when we, you know, just try to, like you said, they want to try all of these systems that never worked before. Well, they want to destroy the one system that we know you know, does work, and that's the family unit, um, you know, they're not kidding about build back better, you know, or, and only it's not going to be better, I'm afraid. No, and, and it, it, it risks a great deal. I mean, um, you know, it, it's easier to break things than it is to build them and fix them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, we would be wise to not break this too seriously. Uh, I mean, from a positive side, you know, our side's the one that has all the guns and the ammo, so that's a positive hey. thing. But I would prefer we don't have to go that path. Yeah, well, we'll try to all take right. them away. Well, John, where can people see that? This great column up, Lost in Space and American Greatness. Um, where, where else can people find you and read you? Uh, my uh, website, eicenterprises.org, or just Google my name, John Conlin, C-O-N-L-I-N, and uh, you'll find me out there. All right. Thank you very much. Thank I appreciate you, John. your time. Appreciate it Great as call. always. Um, thank, thank you guys and take care. And of course, let's go, Brandon. There you go. There you go. All right. And then that's where we'll read some of the comments here. Um, this is from um, Jim. Chuck, what brings at least temporary satisfaction and happiness is individual accomplishment, overcoming problems through your own effort. Jim, that's absolutely right. I, I agree. agree with that. Agree. And that's one of the reasons the Democrats want to say, you just stay home and don't do anything and we'll give you money. They want to discourage that kind of thing. So you turn to them for everything. And you have to have the ability to fail. Uh, or then there is no accomplishment. That's right. And this from Sandra, one only needs to read second, one second after by William Forston. To open one's eyes. Sandra, I haven't heard of that. We'll have to talk to you more about that later because we're kind of running out of time. Um, and this Dr. Don, and what has kept things from becoming too nasty? The Second Amendment. That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. Um, well, I think Chuck, don't yes, be, Chuck is, yes, Chuck is at least hopeful sometimes about his golf swing. Not, so not too much. Not too much these days. He's hopeful about revs. He's not hopeful about my golf swing. No. <laughs> and now I'm going to become, now that you have John's joke, I'll be the snowblower <laughs> dishwasher. <laughs> hey, everybody, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you to John. Appreciate it, all of you. We have Dr. Brian Junedep coming on. You might be surprised to hear this. The big pharma companies, the Democrats now say, aspirin, all those decades you've been told that maybe they could be good for you, maybe take them. No, no, it's going to kill you, just like ivermectin. We'll be talking to him about that not on, on Wednesday, too. So have a great day. Take care, everyone. We'll see you Wednesday. <laughs>